What's up, everybody? This is Eve with the Healthy Charleston Podcast. For those of you who don't know, I'm a physical therapist, and this podcast is dedicated to giving you the right health and fitness information that is both practical, actionable, and evidence-based. This is season two of the podcast, and we are so excited. We're going to have a little less interviewing. We're going to do some more topic-based discussions with myself and some of the made-to-move physical therapy and performance team. Maybe have some guest hosts out there. We are so excited for season two. Thank you so much for joining us and supporting us. If you have any questions for me or the crew, just search Healthy Charleston on Instagram or you can reach out to us directly at made to move pt.com that is the number two thanks so much see you soon what's up everyone thanks for tuning in this week we have lee davis on the podcast who is most famously known as the guy who completed 16 murphs in 24 hours he actually did it in 22 hours um, and he also broke a world record So I'm really proud to say that he's my friend, and it's really cool to be able to know someone like this. We ask him all the details about his training beforehand, his mindset, nutrition, and his goals for the future. He has a really cool outlook on life. He's pretty inspiring. He's such a humble guy and like a great guy to be around. It was really cool to hear about everything that went into his training. So we hope you enjoy. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Nathan Jones, Dane Gifford, and the one and only Lee Davis, who just did 16 Murphs in 24 hours. So he just completed that world record, and we're super excited to have him on. So thanks for being here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having uh, me on. It was really like 16 Murphs in 23 hours, wasn't it? Or yeah. even 22. 22 hours and three minutes. Oh, dang. Oh, man. Sorry, yeah. Sounds like you gave up early yet. I was wondering if you're going to do another one. Yeah, well, you know, I had uh, I had my friend there, and she was supporting me, so yeah. I was like, well, you know, I came here, and my goal was to get past 15, and once I did that, I was like, well. Yeah, I don't want to do something. She, she, she flew from New York, so I was like, well, let's get, let's get back to the house and go yeah. do something fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to bed. <laughs> Everybody was saying, I was like, I bet Lee's going to sleep until Thursday, but you were in the gym, I think Tuesday or Wednesday, just doing your normal thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was... Like, we, we all woke up and looked at Instagram, and you're, like, back squatting heavy the next day. It's like, oh, all right. Maybe <laughs> not, is... I couldn't move, but we didn't wonder. <laughs> yeah, it took me over an hour. I was dying. Like, for the whole week, I was super sore. Yeah, That's but awesome. you're fine. So, yeah. how did this all get started? Well, from the very beginning, before I started doing the ultra runs and everything, yeah. um, I read this book by David Goggins, um... And it just inspired me to do more. It, um, in that book, it said that we were all leaving a lot on the table and that we put a lot of people in pedestals, which I do myself. And that, um, you know, if, if he did it, anybody could do it. So I was like, well, you know, I'll take that advice to heart. And so that's what I started doing. Just started doing the ultra runs and so were you just like a lifter before or a runner before or mm, what? Yeah, okay. I did a I did a bodybuilding competition one time. Oh, okay. Oh, um, I need pictures of this. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> a good yeah. yeah. Very cool. Put on um, podcast notes. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> 
Yeah, um, so I just did like a bunch of bro lifting, um, you know, bench press, squat, deadlift. Mm-hmm. Started off in P ninety X because I wanted to get some abs for the girls in yes. middle school. So in middle school, in middle school, that's when it all began. That's when it all began. Okay. Eighth grade, yeah. Um, Is there a particular girl you want to give her a shout out? No, I said that. Eighth grade, you know, abs. I got this one girl I'm trying to impress. <laughs> uh, no, so then I, uh, you know, just kept up with uh, lifting the civil from there, and then I joined a group called the Summer on Guards. You had a trial for them. It was uh, during your junior year. It was 120, 130 juniors that tried out for the group. Only 61 made it. Um, and so we did a lot of running and a lot of like calisthenics and push-ups and all that good mm-hmm. stuff. And there were some guys there that were just incredible they did not know pain i mean they would run so far and so fast that they would just pass out Mm -hmm. it was incredible and so i was like holy crap these guys were on a totally different level than me um and then so i started um wanting to figure out you know why they did what they did then i found that book david goblin started coming out um and so just kind of put two and two together and decided that i would try to forge my own path as well Mm -hmm. so So you oh god well, you started CrossFit and all mm-hmm. of this, right? Mm-hmm. Where how did that play a role? Like, when did why did you decide to start that? I wanted some competition for myself. I wanted to push myself, um, and I knew I needed a group for yeah. that. I really loved the group setting, um, and I wasn't. I mean, I had a few guys that you know could. Uh, I would text back and forth, and we were, like keeping up with each other mm-hmm. and like working out and all that good stuff. Instagram. Um, but I, I wanted to be a part of a group, and Rapsy looked cool, and. Um, so I just stuck with it, and you know, CrossFit workouts will smoke you pretty quick. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that's, that's a good way to determine grit as a CrossFit yeah. workout. <laughs> Except for Murph, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, had the plan always been I'm going to do Murph, and this is a world record I want to set, or that one kind of came up? How did that happen? Well, I was looking at world records. I was looking at doing push-ups, pull-ups for 24 hours, something along those lines. Yeah. Um. And then, I don't know, I was just sitting in the office one day, and I was like, I wonder how many Murphs have been done in 24 hours. And so I looked that up, and it was 13, from what I saw, the first article yeah. that I saw. Later on, finding out that it was 15, done by Belgian, and, um, you know, yeah. And so I texted Alan once I saw 13, the owner of Rhapsody, mm-hmm. and I said, hey, I could definitely do this. Let me give it a shot. No question about No it. question. And so he was... Uh, he said, all right, well, let's get together. Me and you and Trinity will make a plan. And um, so I went and talked with him the next week. When was this? Give me a, a timeline. Three weeks before. Okay. And, uh, it's about the right preparation. Like, yeah. Like three, three or four weeks before. And so we decided that I would just keep, you know, start at 6 p.m. on Sunday and go till 6 p.m. on Monday. And they would have heats every hour and a half to have people with them the whole time. So, from there, um, I remember one of the things Trinity said to me, he was like, well, let's, why don't you go back and do two Murphs a day, and you test it out, and, you know, see how you feel. And so I was like, okay. So, from that day up until three days before the um, Memorial Day, mm-hmm. I did two every day. Um, and then one day I sprinkled in three. So. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it was casual. Uh, so... Because something that worked for me during the ultramarathons was I knew that if I could put in the mileage, if I put in 50 miles a week, I could easily do a 50-mile run. Um, 
so I kind of felt like the same with Murph. I was putting in 20 Murphs a week, so I knew that, you know. You could do them all in a day. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can we, can we like, talk through your, your training history a little bit more? Like, so you... You were a bodybuilder, you went to the mm-hmm. Citadel, started, like, what did you start doing there? You got more into endurance sports? Is it? Calisthenics, you know, baby. Calisthenics. It, it, it was the bodybuilding stuff. I did, okay. the, I did the bodybuilding show at the end of sophomore year. Oh, wow. Okay. The All right. So I was still doing some most of that heavy lifting. Okay. So when, then, when did you get more into the endurance side of things? Once I graduated. Okay. Yeah. And once I graduated. And actually, it was 2019. I did my first marathon. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So how did how did it, like how did your training start then? You decided like I'm gonna do a marathon, train for that. Is well, that- what I started doing was, and I'm still going for it too. Um, mm-hmm. I, I want to be a part of the military someday. Mm-hmm. So for some of those special operations units, they're running six miles a day, um, regardless. That's not on top of all the other stuff, but they just run you know to chow and back, uh, at least six miles. At least the seals do. And so I was like, okay, well, I at least have to put in six miles a day mm-hmm. and for bare minimum. So I just started putting in six miles a day, and then I was like, well, I'm getting fast at this, so I'll go ahead and sign up for a marathon. That's something that I want to do. Put it on my goals, and then I just went out to Columbia, uh, did, the, did the marathon out there. And once I got finished, I was like, wow, there's still a lot of gas left in the tank. Mm-hmm. Let's take it farther. <laughs> <laughs> so then, then what would you do? Like, I, I know I saw you run a 70-miler at one point, and then you ran 100 miles at one point. And yeah. So the... after that first marathon, uh, a few, few weeks later, I signed up for a 50-miler in North Carolina with a little bit of elevation. So that was, we got like 3,500 feet of gain on that one. Um, and then I did a few other races, some of them being like a last man standing. So you do four miles every hour on the hour until, um, and then it, 12 hours, at least for this particular race, they reversed the loop. So that was a real doozy. I remember they did that after putting 50 miles. Um, and so I did like five or six of these 50 mile races, uh, through a few, uh, 30 miles here and there, made two attempts to reach a hundred miles and then... I um, bought a, a race packet from Spring Energy, a uh, 100-mile race packet, just all your gels and everything in it. And um, I was like, okay, once this comes in, I'm going to set a date and try to make this 100-mile happen. So that came in. I woke up at 4.30 in the morning to go turkey hunting with my buddy. Uh-oh. Um, that race packet came in at 8 o'clock that night. Mm-hmm. And so I just called mom and said, hey, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to be in a well-lit area. So I just oh. ran the bridge back and forth for the first 50 miles. Around Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 just so you could go uphill and downhill. So well, so it's a really like a well-lit area. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, just yeah. so I can yeah. be safe. I bet people were putting in so many reports of like guys running back and forth on the bridge, <laughs> weird hours of the yeah. night, like people. It's not like you even chose like an easy place to do it. It's like, what's the steepest place in Charleston yeah. to run? Let's just do that for fifty. Miles. How many times down and back did wow. it take? It was ten times, um, you know, down and back okay. for the for the fifty, and then. Um, I went and finished up. I had to go let the dog out, so I went, you know, got a new puppy, so oh. I had to go do that. <laughs> went and did 25 miles on the West Ashton Greenway, and then had to go, you know, take the puppy out once more, and then I finished up the rest of the 25 over on Coleman Boulevard and across the bridge and everything over there near Patriots Point. And yeah. So. Okay. And then from there, it was Murph. And then from there, it was Murph. So, when in 2019 did you do your first marathon? March. 
Okay. So basically a year later, like you went from, I'm going to do a marathon in March of 2019 and like by March of 2020, you'd run a hundred miler. Oh, yeah, that, like that, April that, 2020 maybe. Yeah. That wasn't planned out like that. But yeah. No, that's nuts though. It's it like just kinda, year. You went yeah. from no endurance, like you were a bodybuilder and like some, you know, plyometrics or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then just went straight into it in the course of a year, you're, you know, broke a Murph world record. So and then Dane has been training for, how long have you been training for this 50K? <laughs> yeah, well, not that long. I mean, I started running in October of last year. Okay. And, uh, like, that's when I decided to try running. Like, we work with so many, you know, endurance athletes here made to move that I was, I've always been a strength guy. And I was like, I need to understand what it's like to have a goal of not a 10K, not a 5K, but, yeah. like, beyond. So I knew that the first iteration was a half marathon. Mm-hmm. So I went and I signed up for it and I did it. And, uh, you know, I did fairly well. I felt like I did, like, two hours, eight minutes. I wanted 159 and I didn't get it. And, um, you know, but as soon as I got done, I was like, I hate running on the road. Like, I, like I, I did not enjoy running on the road. So I said, okay, I'm going to go and run something longer on a trail. I didn't know, and I really hadn't even looked into ultras or whatever. But so then since January, I probably took a month off. I decided I wanted to lift and get heavy again because during that half marathon training, I wasn't lifting that heavy. I just kind of was picking and choosing. Mm -hmm. And then when I decided that, okay, it's time for an ultra, then I was like, no, you got to lift heavy and run at the same time. So it's been since pretty much March Right around the first part of March that I started. So you should be doing your 100 miler soon. Yeah, if I'm on Lee's plan, yeah, yeah. It should be right, like, probably next week, I think. No. Yeah, Um, I mean, that's insane. Like, we... It's just so fast. But, yeah, my first 50 mile will be one year, basically, to the day from when I started. October 18th is when I plan on doing the Paris Mountain 50. Well, now it's on recording, so it has to happen. You understand that, right? Yeah. I mean, we, like, we preach all the time training progression and taking things slow, and then you just went and... Yeah, I mean, you had to have, like, pretty decent tissue capacity from mm-hmm. the bodybuilding. Like, Definitely. Right. That probably helped, but that's still, like, just an absurdly fast... I like, mean, it sounds like it came it comes easy to you. You were like, oh, I did this marathon, and I was like, what's next? Like, I have more gas in the tank. Do you feel like that comes from pure grit and just, like, getting through it? Or do you feel like it actually is just, like, not a lot, like, not very taxing on your, your cardio? Or maybe both. Probably both. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think a little bit of both. Yeah, you just got to kind of go somewhere different after. 20. Yeah, what do, what do you think of, like, you, you talk about David Goggins, that, like, the don't, or... Yeah. Don't, or can't hurt me. Yeah, can't hurt me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, what do you think about when when you're doing these things? Well, one thing that I told myself a lot whenever I was running 100 miles, especially towards the end, it, like, 85 miles really started to hurt. Mm-hmm. And so I just kept t- telling myself that I was only 40%. And that's something that he mentioned in one of his podcasts. Um, so he said, you know, whenever you start hurting, that's when you're at 40%. So I was like, okay, well, I'm at 40%. Let's see what 45% looks like. And so I started running faster and, you know, asked myself for 50, 55, so on yeah. and so forth. Um, and then one thing that I kept telling myself during Murph, um, around like round eight or nine, I kept telling myself to detach the mind. Yeah. That just worked for me. And so just, you know, just kind of, I don't know, blacked out. Just didn't, yeah. just didn't think about anything. Just kind of took it slow, steady, and, and rolled with it. Um, and then towards the end, my uh, elbow started hurting me a good bit. So I started icing that. And, um, you know, it, 
just ended up getting better, and I think it was just because it was just so inflamed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. What is the uh, twenty-four hour pull-up record? Um, Seven thousand, yeah. I believe now. Okay, so. Yeah, Goggins did that twice too, right? Yeah, I think I think he made like two or three attempts. On yeah, it, and then um, and then he broke it, and then um, you know, there's been several attempts right. after that, and now it's at the seven thousand, and the push-up record for twenty-four hours is. 42,000. Oh, my gosh. So, it's like 30 or 40 push-ups. Yeah. Like, I don't know, every minute. Man, that's amazing. Yeah. It seems weird to me. Like, just, like, the concept of doing that 30 every minute for an extended period of time. Yeah, it just seems difficult. Um, I got a question about, like, so you started lifting back in the day, Mm -hmm. and then, obviously, you've come to here, and I know um, there's a lot of people that work out every day, like, how many workouts have you missed since eighth grade? Not a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, every day is pretty much activity, right? Every like, day. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, and I've recently, I just love working out. Yeah. I just, I just find it fun. Um, and something that, and not every day is like push yourself to the red line, but because I think you gotta kind of make it fun. You can't, you just can't tax your body like that every day. It'll, you'll get, um, you just won't like it. Anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, so I've, I've worked out every day pretty much. And, uh, you know, one thing that I've, uh, heard here recently is to go from good to great. All it is is consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of rang true with me. And so I just make sure to just, you know, pay the man, pay the rent every day. Yeah. yeah. I think that's super important for most people to hear is like, that is really honestly, I think, I mean, one of the reasons why your body is able to hold up through all the mm-hmm. longer duration, everything is, it wasn't going in a year's time frame, right? Yeah. It was mm-hmm. the fact that there hasn't Large been a missed workout for the four or five, 12 years leading up to it, you know, and that's, that's a massive uh, tissue adaptation that's yeah. taken place over that time frame where yeah. you get somebody that gets off the couch and has a desire to want to do uh 50k or wants to do a Ironman and their training load is going to be way too high, way too fast. You know, like that's what we see a lot. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you were already so primed to do it. What kind of injuries have you dealt with? I mean, outside of Murph, but like just over the past decade, like has there been instances of where you've your body has talked to you and said, "Hey, um, you got to do things differently"? Or so I had before I went to the surgery, I had a surgery for a hernia. Um, and I think that was just from like some heavy lifting that I was doing by myself, mm-hmm. just using like improper form and probably just straining too hard. Um, so once I had surgery on that, I haven't really had too many injuries once I started running like the ultras. Um, my knees and everything would hurt every now and then, but honestly, the, it's like the more miles that I put in, um, I would get to a point where it would be really painful and I'd just keep running and it would just go away and then I'd never have a problem with it again. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what kind of uh, you know body body thing that is, but uh, Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> Wolverine. <laughs> uh, How's your elbow since Murph? Fine. You haven't had any problems with it. Mm-mm, it no, kind of went away awesome. during Murph. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we saw all these people commenting on everything, and they're like, "No way, this guy doesn't get rabbed or doesn't get hurt," and we were all like, "Nope, he's alive. He's mm-hmm. doing really well." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't want to I don't want to be like that guy that's like how much you lift, bro. But just like for for the podcast, so there's been a there's been a recent push, probably even just the last like five years for 
for strength athletes to do more cardio. And mm-hmm. before that, it was like cardio kills games. Like don't do don't do cardio if you want to get big. And like I mean, you're you're pretty jacked. Like you're you're pretty strong. Um, and obviously, you're doing just an absolutely mind blowing amount of cardio um, compared to your average <laughs> average person compared to anyone really that's yeah. not an ultra endurance athlete. Um, so like what what are like your max lifts compared to like your your mileage that you're doing and and all that kind of stuff. Well, for for deadlift, the last last max I had was four fifty five on deadlift. Dang, it's like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna max out in a minute. Like, I'm trying for four forty. No, we gotta try for four. I'm squatting. Um, it's tapered off a little bit. I don't think because I just haven't been able to get under a barbell. Yeah. So, but my max squat was around three sixty five, and then at one time I was benching three fifty five. Damn. I remember watching you bench at the gym and you just like kept adding plates and yeah, that was pretty yeah. awesome. I got goals now, yeah, for yeah. sure. But that's you, why I you weigh been... like 155 pounds, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're <laughs> stupid strong. Well, that's yeah. the thing, like everybody says you're either really strong or you're either an mm. endurance athlete and mm. like you're proving that wrong. Yeah. You're doing both things very, very well. Yeah. One of these challenges I see on uh, Instagram that a lot of guys, not a lot of guys, but some guys trying to do is like, is kind of breaking this like 500 pound deadlift, five minute mile barrier. Like, can you do mm-hmm. both? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it seems like, I don't know, you're already probably running a sub five minute yeah, mile. Yeah, what's your mile? Easily. Fastest is a 545. Okay. Yeah, that's fast. I don't think the yeah. 500 pound, five minute mile is unrealistic yeah. at all. Yeah. I was uh, doing some fart lake training the other day, just like mm-hmm. a minute as fast as you can go, minute at like a comfortable pace, and I mean, they were... I was holding under five minutes pretty much the whole time for that yeah. for that minute. So I mean, yeah, I, probably I definitely there. think it's possible. Yeah, absolutely. So what what does your endurance training look like right now? You're talking about like fart lake. What like what does it look like over the course of a week? Um, say like outside of Murph when you were training for the hundred miler. Really, just putting on the mileage. Um, I mean, there's just some days that I feel good and go out and run fifteen. There's some days where I didn't feel too hot and I would just run through with my dog in the morning and mm-hmm. um, just. I don't know. I, I like running just as much as, yeah. I, as I like lifting. So I just I try to put in around 50 miles a week. Mm-hmm. And that seems to do pretty well. Yeah. I like the way you broke it down and said, you know, if I can do 50 in a week, then I can do 50 in a race. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, I think that's a decent approach to, to the idea of, of doing it. Like, mm-hmm. Makes sense to me. I also think, like what you just said, if you feel good, you do 15. If you don't feel good, you don't still do 15. Right. Like you do something, but I think you're probably really good at listening to your body. And after all these years of training, you're pretty in tune with how you feel. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you can't trash yourself and go red line every single day. And I think yeah. that's why you've been so successful and, and have had that longevity. So what was your nutrition like during all this? That's what everybody was like. What is he going to eat? How is he going to rest? Like the whole process of the 16 MERS, mm-hmm. like what was your schedule? Let's just talk about like the day of. So I tried to get in as many MRFs as I can and, you know, just right off the get-go. Yeah. To have this huge buffer because I know that there are times, especially during my 100-mile race, you know, at the end, around mile 95, I was putting in 40-minute miles. Mm-hmm. I was just walking that slow. I could not move any faster. Um, and so I knew that, hey, that might come to where I'm doing one push-up. And your body's just so broken down. So what I did was I bought the same packet that I bought for the hundred miler, this um, the hundred mile nutrition plan by Spring Energy. Um, and so they have it's like sixty five, sixty six hundred um, calories, 
And so I would take, you know, two, 300 calories every hour and then make sure to have electrolytes and drink those every hour as well. And, um, you know, then they brought some pizza and donuts to the gym. Yeah. So I, I indulged in those as well. Yeah, I was doing air squats, eating donuts. And yes! Yeah. Yeah. Those that. are uh, foods you can eat yeah, while squatting. See, I did, yeah, but I didn't even think about yeah. pizza and donuts. Donuts seems like a lot better. I mean, yeah. You don't have to unpeel it. No, I mean, it'd be so yeah, it tastes easy. better. Yeah. It tastes better for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the nutrition. Um, yeah, just keep it simple. And um, it's, I've heard this as well, that it's not much of like a, um, it's, it's more of like an eating contest for some of these longer races because you got to be able to keep these calories mm-hmm. coming in your body and you got to be able to keep them down because you start throwing out and you start dehydrating and yeah. it just spirals out of it's control from there. Contest. Do you find that hard to keep it down? I haven't found, like, I've been, I've, I've seen people, but I've never had a problem eating food and working out, really. Like, I've been I, able to do Metcons on full stomach. Yeah. With, right. Like, sweet potatoes yeah. and chicken yeah. and everything. I prefer, honestly, to eat. Like, I got a deadlift a little bit. Yeah. I'd like to eat right now mm-hmm. to try to. Yeah, no, I, I just got to add 15 pounds real quick. <laughs> what is your nutrition like regularly? I know you eat a ton of sweet potatoes, so like I see Lee at Trader Joe's a lot. Yeah. And all the time, his cart is just filled with sweet potatoes, like bags. Like a farmer. And he's like, "Yeah, I like sweet potatoes." And I'm like, "What?" (laughs) So, what do you eat in a typical day? Well, another thing with consistency, same thing, pretty much every day: Uh, chicken, eggs, some kind of red meat, oatmeal, sweet potatoes, um, berries. Tons of vegetables, two, like two frozen packs of those vegetables I'll eat every day. Um, and then I have some milk. And Do you track? Yeah. How many calories is it? Mm, 3,300. 3, That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you eat? <laughs> like 4,000. Really? Like I'm only at 2,100. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting that all four of us in this room are like completely yeah. different. Like, well, I yeah. yeah. <laughs> you need to eat less. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be more likely. Nate is like tra- like changing his whole training. Yeah. yeah. They, 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 I can see his mind literally shifting like <laughs> as we're talking. Like, all right, I'm gonna eat 300 calories. I'm gonna run every day. I'm gonna lift heavy yeah. every day. Yeah, I love it. Oh my gosh. And then uh, you know, drink you know just plain coffee, tea. Um, I just I try to stay away from like plastics and a lot of like fillers. I just want like regular raw food, no protein powders. Um, wow. I just started taking vitamins again just because of Corona going around. I heard that you know it was good for you to have a lot of vitamin D, so I figured that you know I'll go ahead and do that on my own accord. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no no supplements whatsoever, and that has seemed to like been the best thing for me. Mm-hmm. Like eating yeah, really clean. Yeah. Eating really clean. Obviously, it works. I mean, yeah. yeah, I would say so. Yeah. What has your like mindset been through all of this? I feel like we talked about it a little bit, but I think like the mental aspect is probably one of the hardest things. Mm-hmm. Like when you were on your what your eight or ninth Murph, like you said, you were at forty percent. Mm-hmm. Like, can you go into that a little bit more? Because when I was on my first Murph, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I still have all of this left to do. And, and you did 16, and it's like this amazing feat for your body, but also your mind. Well, how I took it was just one Murph at a time, pretty much just like one. Okay, I got, I'm, I'm done with the mile. Now I got to get through the pull-ups, okay? Mm-hmm. And then you got to get through the push-ups. And just one thing that helped me 
at the Citadel was taking it day by day and not looking at, wow, I have nine months um, until I'm not a, you know, knob and all that. So I just, and, and at school I took it, hey, we're at breakfast, hey, we're at lunch, you know, at dinner. Okay, well, day's over now. We're moving on. So I just broke it down into small stuff that I could do because I knew I couldn't look at 16 and say, hey, um, it, was, yeah. it was just easy. It was just easy on the mind to break it down one by one. So that's what I did. And um, just there was, there was absolutely no way that I was going to quit. I just went into it and there was, yeah. no, I yeah. wasn't going to quit. It's kind of interesting. There's a uh, book called Endure by uh, Alex Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, in it, he used this example of a lady, and I can't remember her name. It's been a while since I read it, but she um, suffered brain damage and basically can't create short-term memories. And she ended up being, like, just a spectacular endurance athlete. And so part of it, like, she's broken um, these ultra-endurance records. Ah, there's some trail. Probably should have prepared better and, and looked it up. But, um, like, she, she can't remember that she's been running. And so she has no memory of her recent suffering. And it just enables her to keep going. Like, she'll get up and, like, have shin splints and, like, stress fractures and, like, have to crawl before her body warms up to, enough to move. And then she'll get up and start running. Like, it's just because she doesn't remember the recent suffering. It's like, you can remember it, but it seems like you have this mental ability to mm-hmm. to be in the moment and not think about necessarily what you've done, what you have to do. And you're just there doing doing the thing that you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, Kind of interesting parallel there, I think. So, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, it's really hard to look at 24 hours or 30 hours and say, like, wow, I'm going to be running this entire time. I'm just going to take it mile by mile. And Can you feel pain? Yeah, but... We think? Yeah, I don't know, I'm not away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Start throwing things out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. Tell, I tell it's not wanted here. Yeah. So. It's not wanted here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the mindset right there. That's yeah. what got you through it. I and, mean... I guess, like, what's advice to the people that are listening? Like, I mean, how, how, that's a developed trait, I think, right? Or did you just one day wake up and you had the ability to say no to pain? Or, or is that something you had to work at and, and, and actively say, you know, did you find yourself at times like having doubt or like where you had to like be like, no, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not actively going to allow this? And did it develop over time? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's always times where you have like a bad day and it's just, uh, you know, I don't really want to go work out, I don't want to do this, mm-hmm. I want to do that, but I know that if I don't, that at the end of that day, then I'm going to feel bad because I didn't go work out, and that, like, um, you know what Goggins said, there, there's so much more leaving on the table, so just fight through it, um, that's something that I told myself, you know, during the ultra races, just, uh, I just have this mindset of keep on going, you know, and it's, and it's okay to walk. Uh, which I think is important in life. You don't have to be redlining it all the time. It's okay to walk, but run when you can. Wow, that was good. Yeah, that's yeah. good. One. I really yeah. like that. Get some shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. It's yeah. true. I mean, it's I. Yeah, we I work like with that. a lot of endurance athletes, and I try to tell them that all the time now. Like, look, like sometimes you just gotta mm-hmm. yeah, like it's relax, endurance. you know, a little bit, catch your mind, shift the focus a little bit, and then go. Did yeah. you walk and immerse? Or, I mean, I feel like one... For a little bit. Yeah. For a little bit, but um, I had uh, two fellas there that were helping me out. Yeah. Um, you know, Scott Holt and Chris Provo, two fellas I went to Citadel with. And um, so they kept the pace up. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think when people hear, uh, like, ultras, they're like, wow, you're running fast for 100 miles. I'm like, that's not how it works. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's important for people to know that, mm-hmm. for sure. What do your parents think? What does your mom think? They think I'm crazy. 
But, think, but she was there, right? Yeah, yeah, mom, mom. Yeah, yeah. there for every single one. What about genetics? Like, I mean, I mean, are your family athletes, or like, is there a lineage of athletes? You know, uh, dad, I mean, no, not really. Dad played football in high school. Mom ran a little bit in college. My granddad, um, he's probably got the most athletic feats. He was, uh, he went to college and it was NC State or UNC or something like that. And he was a track runner and he was pretty quick. So he was Mom's dad or dad's dad? Mom's dad. He was putting down like some five minute miles. I think you get a lot of your genes from grandparents. Like, yeah. I feel like, yeah. not like, 20, 25 no, not like that. <laughs> oh my God, I'm like an idiot. But like, I've heard, and like, my mom told me this a lot, that like, you look most like your grandparents, and like, you reflect a lot of your grandparents, like, outwardly. Right. Yeah. Don't yeah. make me seem like an idiot. No, I, if you look at my baby photo, I look identical yeah. to my grandfather, my dad's dad. Grandma. Like, literally, if you put them side by side, it's, it's, can't tell yeah, them apart, We were actually but. talking about my dog at the time and trying yeah. to figure out what her grandparents look like. Right. But yeah, <laughs> what do you feel like was the hardest thing for all of it? Like for the ultras, what do you think was like your biggest struggle the whole time that you had to overcome? If you had any, <laughs> just I, man, I don't know. Um, there was, a, I mean, there's so many highs and lows during like an ultra race. It's easy to give up. It's easy to quit. Um, but you just keep moving forward. Um, yeah, I just, I just kept, it's addicting. I just kept signing up for him, kept going. Yeah. So, uh, it's like once you, once you, uh, run one, you kind of catch a little bug and, uh, then, you know, it's, it's kind of wild because once I did my first 50 mile, I was like, wow, I can do more than this. And so, mm-hmm. like I said, people are leaving a lot on the table. I watched, um, just the other day I was looking at, they did the hell hole. Hundred mm-hmm. or whatever the hellhole swamp mm-hmm. run, and mm-hmm. the guy did two twelve, mm-hmm. two hundred twelve miles Jeez. out in the swamp, and it was pretty much ankle deep water almost yeah. the entire. Is that a twenty four hour race? Uh, I mean, for that, I don't. It's not a twenty four hour okay. race specifically, but it's two hundred twelve miles consecutive. Oh. So, how long did um, it take? And I think that's only on like I don't know. It's a loop too, so I don't know. It seems miserable to me, but yeah, yeah. I know a few people that have done that. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, how many ultras have you done? I'm thinking I'm on number 10 or 11. Number 10. So it's mm-hmm. only been two years and you've done so number 10. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one year. One year. Yeah, one year. Yeah, <laughs> one year. So it's been 10. Yeah. What's I was, next? I was just talking. It's just, it's just crazy. Like, I was talking to Brad, not to, like, discourage anyone or, like, say that this has happened to you at all because it's obviously not. Like, you're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you're able to continually do these things. He was saying, like, people will do a long-distance endurance event like triathlon or ultra and even just the, like, repetitive up-and-down motion, they'll suffer, like, internal organ, like, slight internal organ damage. Like, the connective tissue gets frayed in, in your internal organs. Some people get, like, heart scarring just from one. So, wow. he, you know, he discourages a lot of his athletes from, um, and Brad's the, our, our Axis triathlon coach over here, but he discourages a lot of his athletes from trying to do, like, quick consecutive ultra events because this kind of thing happens. Like, obviously, it's not the case with you, and it's just it's just, like... I don't know. I, don't, I wonder if it's just the lifting background beforehand, or I mean, there's there's probably some genetic component there. But it's like you're saying, like your parents were an Olympic athletes. Like mm-hmm. you just have this this mindset that you can yeah. do it, and then and then you did it. And consistency, so, right? Yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. the, like the big thing that I I keep like looking at a lot of these athletes that are doing these incredible feats. Like they don't miss time off. You know, yeah. like they don't. There's time not a break. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't exist. Like for what? You know? Like, yeah. Why would I take time off? This is my life. Yeah. Right. 
I mean, you've been working out since you were 13. Mm -hmm. You went to the Citadel, which can be pretty physically demanding. Mm -hmm. Like, you've never, you've never taken a break. Like, you probably didn't have, like, a crazy college experience of four years binge drinking, like some of us. Mm -hmm. So, like, Who? you... I, no. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, it's like you've just been continually like adapting and progressing over time. So what seems to be this big change in volume for you, like you had prepared for it. I mean, it's still shocking though, right? That you weren't even that sore, right? Mm -mm. No, I mean, it's as yeah, and your pull-ups and your push-ups, everything looked perfect. So everyone on Instagram, it was like. 1,600 half pull-ups doesn't equal one pull-up. Like, they restrict, and they were full. Same <laughs> thing for your push-ups. Five at a time, perfect. You even slow, you pause at the top, mm -hmm. right? For full yeah. lockout. Yeah. Yeah, so the haters can... Just ridiculous, yeah. So, what's uh, what's next for you? Yeah. So, yeah. Any plans, or... Yeah, I'm, I'm wanting to get the community together in fitness. Mm -hmm. Maybe do, like, a... I work with Habitat for Humanity a good bit. Haven't to... Haven't, you know, had the ability to... Recently, just because COVID. Yeah. Um, but I would like to get people together and do a workout in the morning and then go build a house. Or do a workout in the morning and then go pick up some of the tr uh, trash on the streets in Charleston there. Um, so that's what I'd like to do. Um, there's another endurance event that got canceled that I signed up for for the Alzheimer's Association. It was biking 250 miles across South Carolina. Um, so I might just go run it instead. And just yeah. take five or six days and put in 50 miles a day. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. So. <laughs> okay. What's your next big goal? What do you want to accomplish next? I know, like, the doing things with the community, but do you have a big, like, a new record in mind? No. I, 17 Murphs? No. I just, I'm, yeah, I kind of did what I needed, wanted to do, and I'm finished with that. Um like I said, I really like to just get the community yeah. and the fitness together, and yeah. you know, try to try to inspire some somebody, you know, to give an extra mile, right? Whatever yeah. it may be. That's really cool. I actually just read, um, and this might go along with it, and you know, I, jumping in here, but there was uh, Charleston Beer Runners is a group here in Charleston. They mm -hmm. drink beer and run, obviously, a lot. I've not been involved <laughs> with them at all, so shout out to them if they ever hear this, but. They just posted about their organizer wanting to basically organize with all the different running groups in town to basically have a huge community run, like where it's almost just a run through the community, not a sanctioned event, like just like kind of like during this time right now as a way to like get together, do fitness, right. and basically just get as many runners running through the streets as possible, um, maybe even on an uncharted path, you know, like just kind of. Getting people together. Yeah, like getting the community to run, you know, as, as diverse as possible, so. Yeah, I think that's important, bringing the community together. Yeah, so. for sure. Mm -hmm. What would you have to say to someone who is, like, has this goal, some goal, mm -hmm. and they feel like they can't accomplish it, if they feel like giving up? Like, what do you have to say to those people? Be consistent. Um, because before I got to the Citadel, uh, I mean, I failed the first PT test at the Citadel. So I couldn't, I, I wasn't running eight minute miles, I couldn't yeah. do it. Um, so be, be consistent. Um, don't, put, don't put anybody on a pedestal. I did that a lot. Yeah, what do you mean by that? What I mean by that is, you know, just looking at someone and saying like, wow, that's insane. Or hey, they're, they're just superhuman. I just don't have the genetics for that. I don't have the time for that or, or whatever it is. Um, just don't put anybody on a pedestal. Chip it away. You know, have a goal in mind, 
and chip away at it slowly and go, you know, go as fast as you can with it. And, um, nobody's crazy. Everybody starts off average. Everybody comes into the world the same way and everybody goes out the same way. So, um, there's nobody superhuman here. I think a lot of people were saying that about you, you know, that you were superhuman and it was your genetics. I think that discounts, discounts a lot of your hard work, Yeah. but it's just that we just can't fathom doing this mm-hmm. and, and accomplishing the things that you've accomplished and not being hurt and having this great mindset and like being a great person to be around. Like you're just overall like an outstanding human being. And I think a lot of people just can't fathom it. So they're like, well, it's genetics. There's, there's research looking at, um, tricking people into thinking they have good genetics or bad genetics, whether or not they actually do for certain things like endurance, um, and things like that. And if you tell someone who has bad genetics, they have good genetics. They tend to perform at least as well as the people with good genetics. And if you tell someone with good genetics, they have bad genetics, it changes the physiology of how they respond to exercise and it'll, it'll make them literally worse. And so it's really this, like genetics do matter, right? Like we're, we're we can't all be Lance Armstrong. Uh, I don't know if we want to be probably a bad example. Oh <laughs> <laughs> can't all be Michael Jordan. I don't know. Um, but like we can, we can probably, like you're saying, like we can probably all accomplish a lot more than we do. And believing that we're like self-limiting because oh that that guy has good genetics and I don't. Mm-hmm. Like you said, your parents aren't like freak athletes. You, mm-hmm. you couldn't run an eight-minute mile before you went to the Citadel. It's not like you got up out of bed and start running six minute miles, you know, with, with no training, like you just work hard and you have this, this mindset. And that's probably like, if anything to look up to, it's that, that more that work ethic and consistency, like you're saying versus this self-limiting belief of like, I don't have his genetics. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So you said Navy SEAL is the goal. You kind of said it. Navy SEAL, Green Beret, some kind of special operations community, something where there's just, I just want to be surrounded with a bunch of hard-charging people, and, um, which, not that I'm not already CrossFit stuff here, you know, strongmen, ultra runners, um, you know, it's, uh, that's another thing, surround yourself with those kind of people, if you want, if you have a goal to go do something, find those people that have that same goal that have already done it, mm-hmm. and go put yourself right next to them and go talk to them, because, I mean, I'm, I'm more than happy to talk to anybody about, you know, how I did it, because there's nothing... There's no, there's no superhuman aspect to it. Yeah, it's not something that I was, you know, just just me, just I was born with. Um, everybody's got it. So surrounding yourself with that community is good, and that's what I, that's what I'd like to do next. Um, yeah. yeah. And then we'll that's, go from there. Yeah, yeah we'll go from there. See what happens. If it happens, great. If it doesn't, that's okay too. I'll make make a new goal and keep charging. I guess. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Y'all have any other questions? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe just highlight where we can find him and like what you know people connect with with Mr. Lee. Are you gonna write a book? No. I feel like you could. <laughs> I'll write it for you. If you, want to you. <laughs> yeah. So where where could someone connect with you? Reach out Instagram. Instagram. Um, okay. L Davis three V eight. Um, I'm on Facebook. Is Lee Harrison. So you can go find me there. Feel free to shoot me any messages, and I'll be happy to answer them. All right. Well, awesome. thank you so much. Yeah, thanks awesome. for coming on. Appreciate yeah. it. Let us fanboy. All right, fanboy. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Yeah. See you next time. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on the Healthy Chelsea Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, we would love for you to head over to Instagram, search Healthy Charleston, one word, like, follow, comment on today's episode. If you have any questions, 
comments, if you have possible guests that you want us to bring on, if you have any topics you want us to discuss, reach out there, send us a direct message. We would love some feedback. Also, if you get any extra time, head over to iTunes, give us a rating. Again, put comments there. We love your feedback. Have a phenomenal day.